I think you might notice a little bit of a different voice right now leading you off. That is because I, Yehuda, oh. the original guest star. You're not a guest. You're one of us. We have to be switching our whole name because of you. Don't give away our secret. You knew, like, the Ravens need one touchdown. Like, the Broncos might score one more field. Get one more touchdown. Yeah, you went 10-9. Five, you can win 10-9. I'm going to go with the Commanders as well, just because it's too much of a question mark um, over there on the center for this. <laughs> I can't believe you saw that right now. I don't even... That's asinine. You're crazy. He, he's got You're the crazy. full package. He's no way. I don't care. No way. I can't, I can't even. It's hard to even look at you right now when you say something like that. That's crazy. Okay. And guess what? In basketball, you use a basketball. In football, you use a football. Welcome back to Dummies for Sports, the DFS podcast. I got the name of the podcast right this time, <laughs> and I'm so excited to host and to take the lead that um, I was thrown back to 2020 when we were still Rocky and Meisty Show. So we just watched week eight of the NFL, and we all have our takeaways, our five big takeaways no particular order and we'd love to share them with you and have you you know think about what we're thinking about hear what we have to say and some of the things that we noticed from this past week of nfl games so i'm going to kick it off and then i'll pass it over to you meisty and then meisty you can definitely flip it on over to rocky so first thing for me for sure is the Bengals are back. As a Ravens fan, this pains me to say it, and they just put a whooping on a good 49ers team. I know people are, are uh, you know, hating on Brock Purdy and calling the system quarterback. He's fallen back to earth. But Joe Burrow does not play Brock Purdy. Joe Burrow plays that, you know, pretty good Niners defense that just beefed up today, the trade for Trace Young. And he dropped 31 points on them. And he came out of a bye, and they looked prepared. He is probably mostly healthy from that calf injury. They went into San Francisco and beat the 49ers. Now Purdy had the uh, concussion issue, but he was able to play through. But unfortunately, I believe that the Bengals always start slow, and then they, they just figure it out. It's very annoying as a division rival, but I do think that the Bengals are ramping back up, and... Even though they're four and three, they are they are lurking, and they are on their way back up. Um, okay, so my number one, first of all, you that's obviously on. I think it's on all of our lists. The Bengals are probably lingering on all of our lists. But my number one thing that stood out to me this week, I noticed the Cowboys got their swag back. To me, that was something I noticed. I mean, you know, they they got whooped by the 49ers, and everyone was like, whoop, 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 whoop. And then they've kind of since then. And that was what what the media sounded like from all directions. If you sped it all up and put it all into one sound bit, that's exactly how it sounded. Um, But they went out and put a whooping on a a pretty good – overall, the Rams are not a bad team. I mean, can you sit here and say, yes, they're a bad team now? Maybe, but – Right now, the way we look at the Rams, they're a decent team. They just got whooped by the Cowboys, who everyone was not too too fond of. And then 
last week also they went and won, won a tough game against the Chargers. So, you know, now they get the Eagles. This this is obviously their big upcoming week for the Cowboys. Um, you know, if they if, and if they put a, if they come going to go into Philly and win, the Cowboys are legit, and they're you have to look out for them in the playoffs. We're never really a playoff. Team, we really but. should have coordinated this list before. My the, the number one thing I was going to mention was the Bengals, of course, and um, you know that was just the first thing that came to my mind. The Bengals will be just fine. I completely agree with you, Yehuda. You know, and every year they start off slow and we're thinking maybe this is the year that the Ravens have a walk in the park in the AFC North and clearly that's never going to be the case. It's always going to be a dogfight. You know, but statistically this was certainly Joe Burrow's best game. It was his highest passing grade of the season at 85.7. It was his first game of the of the year with uh, three big-time throws. His uh, highest adjusted completion percentage of the year it was his highest yards per average. I mean, in all statistics, it was his best game of the year. So, you know, we are coming off a little recency bias. However, the Bengals have slowly been moving in this direction since their struggles the first few weeks of the season. So I completely agree. The Bengals are back. They'll be just fine. And they'll probably be contenders for the division. Although, I will say this. I will say this with the Bengals. They still don't have much room for error. The Ravens are 6-2 and two right now. They already beat them. So they're going to have to win that second game against the Ravens. If they don't, they have literally no room for error. And they have to win every game the rest of the season. So yeah. so they, they still don't have much room for error. But, it, you know, in terms of making the playoffs, they're, they're right in the thick of things. That's for sure. Um, I personally, I, I like not not coordinating so that we could see what we're each thinking and we could we could see if we have you know opposing viewpoints and i think it's good and i think it's entertaining because the audience of course all they want they want entertainment they want good takes that's right so um uh we'll definitely see some some great minds right there and feist you make a great point about about the cowboys they destroyed the rams Uh, a very good a very solid rams team they obliterated them so for me Watching the Packers offense um, gave me physical pain. And I know from two weeks ago, I started Jordan Love because I had some questions with uh, Trevor Lawrence because he was injured. And so I went with Jordan Love. And uh, luckily, I did win. And it didn't cost me. But (laughs) Packers offense is is hard to watch. And I, I, I ask you now, Packers fans, how does it feel to... To be just like us, one of us, one of us. I, I may have said this in previous podcasts, but you now have a bad offense. You now have one of us. You now have an average to below average quarterback. You don't have a generational talent. Go from one generational talent to the next generational talent. Jordan Love does not look like the third generational talent. You can't do that. You can't get that lucky. And, um, you know, a lot of their young guys, Jaden Reed, uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Christian Watson, like they're not really stepping up i mean it's mostly on love not elevating this offense and matt lafleur like it's similar to i don't think he's as bad as mike mccarthy but a similar mike mccarthy situation where he was carried by aaron Rodgers, and uh he's not as good of a coach as we thought it's uh it's not looking good in green bay and they just traded away rasul douglas so they seem to be selling and they seem to understand that in this wild wild world of 2023 where the lions are probably going to win the division, <laughs> and the Packers may finish in the basement below the Bears. The uh, Bears probably finishing last, but Packers are fighting for the basement, which is crazy. As the Lions going for their first division win in like 30 years, so yeah, the Packers are are pretty much screwed. Um, yeah, the, the Packers, the Packers need to figure something out. My next one, something I picked up, Will Levis this week. I mean, the Titans. 
down the stretch here. Because, and, and you're talking about just something that you picked up in week eight. It's one game, it's one sample, obviously. Small sample size against a, you know, a bad defense, you can say. But he still had a fantastic game. It's all over the place. He looked great. And then his next coming game are Steelers, Bucks, Jaguars, Panthers, Colts, Dolphins, Texans, Seahawks, Texans, Jaguars. Like, those games are a lot of wins that he can get. And, and just, yeah, he doesn't have to make the playoffs even. But, but the division is so open. Yes, the Jaguars probably win the division. But the division is wide open. If Will Levis, like, continues to make moves, for me, Will Levis stood out this week and add something. I mean, it was just something I was like, wow, I, I want to keep watching this guy play. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I, I, the camera wasn't on me. You couldn't see me hitting my head when you mentioned Will Levis because that's another one you guys intercepted for me. Um, but, yeah, actually, actually, oh, you also had it. Actually, who did I did not have to think about the Packers. That was a good call. So respect for that. I didn't think about it. I'll get to Will Levis a little later. Right now I want to focus on Brock Purdy a little bit um, because I think a, a takeaway from here is that, you know, does Brock Purdy need Debo Samuel? As crazy as it sounds, you have George Kittle, you have Christian McCaffrey, you have Brandon Ike's been one of the best receivers in football this year. It's a little underrated, but he is that good. Does he need four, you know, ridiculous playmakers? It could be. I, I think, you know, when you take a deeper dive into what's happening with Brock Purdy, and I was listening to PFF this weekend, they made a great point. What's, what's been happening with Brock Purdy? It's very simple, right? He's not getting the turnover luck he got early in the year. First five weeks of the season, he didn't have any interceptions, but he had five turnover-worthy plays. Defense didn't capitalize on any of them. These last two weeks, he's had six turnover-worthy plays and five interceptions. So, so that's really what it's coming down to. Those plays are going the other way. And, and some quarterbacks have very good turnover luck. Some of them have very bad turnover luck. The first 10 or so games of Brock Purdy's career didn't throw a lot of interceptions. It's not that he wasn't putting the ball in harm's way. It's just that the defense wasn't capitalizing. And over the span of time, generally, those even out. And the turnover luck swings the other direction. So I think that's what's happening with Brock Purdy. And, you know, if the defense continues to capitalize on his mistakes, he's going to have to learn how to shore up his game for the Niners to go back to what they were before. So that's my second takeaway. I love that. Yeah, sometimes football is, is a game of inches. Sometimes it's as basic as a uh, big guy, run ball, you know, get ball in end zone. Sometimes it's it's a, it's a lucky, you know, you get lucky with these turnover plays, and sometimes you get unlucky. So it's an amazing game. That's why we love it. And, and yeah, the, Brock Purdy is just getting a little unlucky or, you know, making some bad throws or some bad plays. But to sit, jump on what you were saying, Feisty, Will Levis, um, he looked awesome. Um, I know every, you know, probably I would say 90% of people with DeAndre Hopkins were um, crying when they saw those 33 points from D-Hop on, on their bench because there was like, there was like no way am I starting D-Hop with um, Will Levis in his first game and Malik, uh, Malik, I'm going to hold the ball until I get sacked, Willis. It's uh, <laughs> a good nickname. It's a good nickname. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that like, literally, Will Levis is balling. And Malik Willis comes in for for a play and fumbles and like, oh my gosh, yeah. So my takeaway with Will Levis was Ryan Tannehill is not playing another game again for the Titans this year. I don't think anyone is going to be able to take that contract. I'm not exactly sure what his contract is. Like he has to their... heat up the contract himself. I mean, at the end of the day, right? But I, I mean. Is there anyone who would trade for Ryan Tannehill, who's been injured the past couple oh, of years? Oh, no, there's no, no, maybe, I mean, unless Josh Dobbs, I mean, unless the Vikings officially are done, like if Kirk Cousins isn't returning next year for some reason, or, and then they don't have any other choice, but I, I don't even see that being the better option. I mean, he kind of fits that role, but he doesn't really. My takeaway, um, Yehudo, when we spoke about the Baltimore Ravens, 
uh, before this past week, I told you the, the final score will be like 16-10. You're like, oh, it's so close. I was like, no, but it'll be 16-3. Stupid touchdown by the Cardinals, onside kicks and all that. So, yeah, we got to 24. What, we got to 31-24 beat by, yep. by like, stupidity. Like, it should have been, what, 31-10 at max. There's no reason why the extra 14 points came abroad. Um, yep. So, so yeah, I mean, that, that, once again – to me, the Ravens stick out as contenders. I, that's that's really what stood out to me again this week is that the Ravens. I know the score looks closer, but they dominated defensively. They dominated. Geno Stone again came up with another huge play. I mean, the Ravens defense. The Ravens defense looks legit. Yeah, he's Ed reading. Um, yeah. The, the Ravens defense looks legit, and the Ravens offense I think can get it together. Lamar Jackson looked fantastic out there. Just there's other pieces that need to be figured out a little bit here or there. I don't know why they're so desperate to trade for a running back. I think Gus Edwards and thank you doing just and Justice thank Hill you are doing just fine, just yeah. fine. Agreed. Yes, can they can they upgrade? Yeah, it's great. But what's the what? We're not we're not trying to upgrade. If you want to upgrade, go get a guy like Devontae Adams who's miserable, who's miserable, and you can be like, dude, you're guaranteed to get the ball. Look how much we're throwing. Look how much we're throwing the ball, Devontae. Look how, yep. Can you imagine if you were getting open? We'd be throwing it even more. Look how good Lamar is. He's one of the best quarterbacks throwing the ball this year. Devonta yep. Adams, hello. I don't know why the phone calls aren't being made. It kind of bothers me. It's like, oh, it's good. Derrick Henry, who's like has like one more and a half years left, possibly six months before he retires. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Music to his ears. Oh, I love it, Art. I love it. I agree with everything you just said. I'm going to take a little bit no, of No, you do. I'm, I'm... Um. Kirk Cousins was playing some of the best football of his career before he got injured, guys. It's really unfortunate. Um, if you look at the numbers, it was his third highest graded season of his career so far. Um, Ten big-time throws compared to eight turnover-worthy plays. Now, that translated on the, on the actual traditional stats look a lot better. 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. So, um, you know, either way you want to slice it, Kirk Cousins was playing really good football. And, you know, he was getting Jordan Addison involved. Even By the way, his numbers actually got better when Justin Jefferson got out. I'm not saying that's a consequence of Justin Jefferson getting injured. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying the, the, that proves how well Kirk Cousins was playing. You know, Justin Jefferson goes out. Jordan, Jordan Addison becomes his bonafide number one receiver suddenly. Um, I mean, he was one of the best receivers in the draft. I mean, it's not suddenly. But but you know what I'm saying. You know, yeah, he, you get you lose a, a generational receiver like that, and he comes in and plays just as well, if not better. So Kirk Cousins is playing great football, and it's just a shame to see him get injured at this point in his career. He's been so durable. He barely misses games, and it stinks. That's it. <laughs> I promise. I promise we did not we did not coordinate these beforehand because my next <laughs> literally in my notes Kirk deserved better. Yeah. <laughs> next so I love I love where we're thinking. I love where our heads are at because mm-hmm. um, we are we're on the same page. Obviously it's good to to have different opinions and be able to to talk and uh, you know banter back and forth but this is good that um, that we all understand this. Yeah, but if we if we came up with it on our own, then that's a very good thing because that means that we weren't like just agreeing with each other. It's conclusions that we made with our own, you know. Yes. And and exactly. therefore, that, so that's a. Uh, yeah, cool. and that that's exactly where I was going was like, Kirk, like you said, Kirk deserves better, and he. If I don't know if you guys watched quarterback, but he seems like a really nice, personable guy, and he he uh, I saw a tweet that don't said. Don't be fooled uh, by the media. Cutting into the next Matthew Stafford, where he is a a really good player who just needs just that last little bit to get over get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl, and 
I don't. He is a very good quarterback. I don't know if he necessarily has the arm talent of Matthew Stafford, but he was uh, he was top six uh, quarterback according to PFF, and he was leading a you know incredibly pass happy offense that could not get anything going for their running game, and Kirk everything was on Kirk's shoulders with a below average offensive line where he's just getting smacked around, and he was just you know he was starting to get them back into the season like they were having a come back in the season potentially fighting for like the seven seed and um to see him go out like this like we we know he's gonna be back it's very frustrating it's very sad to see him i don't know if it's his last snap ever as a viking but i know it's definitely not his last snap um in the nfl so he will be back so when the viking when the sorry when the dolphins are ready to go all in so they'll trade that the same way the rams and the lions they'll make the two up for <laughs> Kirk Cousins Good trade call. and go all in with Kirk Cousins, you know. Uh, Kirk Cousins is better than Tua. I mean, that's clear cut, simple, plain. Um, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, no, my some of the next thing that stood out to me was um, was Bengals obviously and Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, the, the the truth is though that we're ignoring. I mean, we're talking about something that just happened this week, which is great this great. week. But they have the hard, one of the hardest schedules for sure down the one of the hardest schedules down the stretch. Yeah. I and mean, so, yeah, it's nice yeah. they they got this one, but like they're gonna have to. They, they if they they had an easy first half and they struggled, so now yes, they're they're back in that winning form maybe, but you're going up against the toughest opponents going into the playoffs. That's gonna be very tough for the Bengals. But but the Bengals being back stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah, that was one that we all had in common. Obviously, I'm not sure if any of you guys had this one, but. I think the impact that both A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill are having on their team is, you know, well-founded over these last couple of weeks. They are the number one and two ranked receivers in the league. I, I, I just pulled up these numbers. Tyreek Hill already has 1,000 receiving yards. Am I, am I, do I have to get new glasses yeah, or something? That, that, that is ridiculous. I mean, not that I, not that I put a great deal of weight into receiving yards, but that is, I've never heard of that. Eight weeks into the season, they've played eight games at this point, right? 84 targets, 61 receptions, 1,014 yards. That's just ridiculous. But anyway, it, it's not. Yeah, he's I mean, definitely pacing the record. I, right, I mean, two, he's on pace for 2,000, right? Because there are eight games, I mean, even more is technically. But anyway, the point is that and it's not that two is playing bad football. He's not. He's playing well. And it's not that Hurts is playing bad. He's playing a, a, a level lower than he played last year, obviously. But it's not that he's yeah. playing that bad. It's just that, you know, great receivers like that have a tremendous impact on the field when you're able to complement great quarterbacks. Um, you know, like, look, look at the Devontae Adams situation in, in, in Vegas. It's not that having a great receiver alone is good enough. It's not. But when you complement a great quarterback with a, with a, you know, a great receiver, Hall of Fame-esque receiver— it just makes such a tremendous impact on the team. And you see these these these, these offenses are high-flying, creating so much space downfield. Both A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill, they have their specialty, right? A.J. Brown's more win-at-the-catch point type of guy. Tyreek Hill's more outrun you. But either way you want to put it, they create so much yardage on their own. And they really make their quarterback's job easy. So that was that was highlighted in Week 8, but we've been seeing that all year, really. By the way, you mentioned the Eagles. You mentioned the Eagles real quick. You guys saw the brotherly Weep. I mean, now we got the tush push and the brotherly sweep. I mean, the brotherly shove, the brother. I mean, oh my gosh, they, it, it's it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. The fake brotherly shove, sweep on the. Oh my god! But the commanders finally stopped them. Somebody finally stopped the tush push. Um, my my uh, our, our Eagles friend Sean is gonna say he's like, yeah, the commanders are gonna they're gonna hold that over us for three years, even though. Hurts just fumbled. Like they didn't even technically stop it. Hurts just fumbled. Yeah. <laughs> but I I heard on a podcast that it um, they have the tush push and the uh, 
the play off of that is the the bun run. <laughs> the bun run. The bun run. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think with the new rules, um, like and the NFL being pushed more towards a passing league and more high flying exciting league, it's it's incredible to see what what Tyreek and AJ Brown are doing for their teams. But speaking of an amazing receiver who is not does not have a thousand yards through eight games, uh, Devonte Adams and the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders are in NFL hell. And we all saw last night him losing his mind and him going, oh my God, why did I come here? Like I literally came here to be with my with my bestie, with my bro Derek Carr. And then they <laughs> caught him or traded him because Josh McDaniels is a hack. <laughs> and it was proven in um, Denver. It was proven that he was a, a snake where he agreed to be the Colts coach and then reneged and went back and had them scrambling. Like, I don't know. This dude is living off of Bill Belichick's coattails and Tom Brady's coattails. And just a terrible head coach. He's a solid offensive coordinator for sure, but he is a terrible head coach. Such a bad culture guy. Like, I mean, I've never seen anything positive this dude do. And, like, they're going to win a, enough games that they're not going to be you know, in the top five. I mean, maybe they'll be top five, but they'll be top eight to 10 to 12. Like, they're not going to get the best, best possible player. And even if they got a top five pick, they would mess up because that's what the Raiders do. So they are in NFL hell right now. Yeah, so... <laughs> really bad. The Raiders... Yeah, the Raiders are obviously... It's atrocious what's going on there. But before that even, I mean, there were plays, and we all watched the game last night. There, there were plays that... Jimmy Garoppolo just straight out missed the guy wide open multiple times, and got, and yes, that that, uh, that fumbles doing? home, that fumbles back. Yes, that fumbles back to the point already that the locker room is atrocious and the and all the staff. It's all it's all so like it doesn't help a quarterback's confidence in making good throws. We learned this really really with Lamar Jackson, where a, the guy needs to be confident in going out there and making plays for the team. So so Jimmy Garoppolo missed many throws. You can look at Josh McDan- at, at, jo- at, at Josh McDaniels and be like, yo, what the heck? But, like, you make, dude, the guy just missed a, a wide-open 99-yard play opportunity that could have literally. So, but then again, but then again, you look back, you're like, yep, yeah, you have zero confidence in your own quarterback, so why why does he have any confidence about the, the last thing I, I obviously come to, uh, there's two things really I wanted to mention, but one is I'll just say it quickly was the, the rookie receivers this year. Are, are playing very well across the board. All of them. They're playing at a high, higher level. Um, I couldn't pull up all the rookie receiver numbers, but the rookie receivers are playing at a higher level than I've ever remembered rookie receivers playing at. But um, the week eight takeaway, the last one for me, is that the, the, the commanders are officially sellers. But yep. as, our, as, our, as our man behind the glass, Morty, said that they're sellers, I realized they only have two people to sell, and the rest of it's done. So once they sell Scary Terry, oh, Ravens, hi, Scary Terry's for sale. Hi, he's only a block and a half away. Hello, just sign him. Hi. <laughs> you don't think it, you don't think Sam Howell has uh, has value on the open market? No, of course. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. The, the bottom line is the Ravens aren't signing Scary Terry. The man doesn't even have to move till after till next year. You'll get him a house. You can drive up forty five minutes every every Sunday morning. That's a good game. point. I didn't think about oh, that. Oh, genius! You're already in Maryland. You have the same license, and you know that's what I'm so. saying. He right. lives here already. Just, <laughs> just buy them. Just gotta sign the man. Uh, so, Bring in him and Devontae Adams. Trade by Odell Beckham. And we don't pay eighteen million for the guy, for the guy to. Make, make incredible catches out of bounds. Doesn't help us. 
Give me Dante Adams. Give me Scary Terry. Ravens to the Super Bowl. All in. Let's do it. Oh, well, that's wishful thinking, obviously. Left hand up, left hand up for the Ravens. The uh, last thing I'm going to point out is something you guys have all pointed out, Will Levis. I, I want to add one caveat, though, to what you guys have said. I mean, I do think that the first at least two touchdowns was all DeAndre Hopkins just wide open. In fact, one of the touchdowns was severely underthrown, the one down the field. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had so much space you know, in the open field that it just was, you know, he just had to put it somewhere in his vicinity. But he did play well overall. I'm not going to take away from him. For his first game, he had two big-time throws. Well, fourth touchdown was great, the one that wasn't to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, graded well, fourth touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's obviously going to look great on the stat sheet. But overall, he did actually play very well. My takeaway from the week is just that, what were the Titans thinking before? Malik Willis? That experiment didn't work before. Hey, what were they thinking starting him? What? I mean, you drafted, you just drafted Will Levis this year in the second round. I mean, you tried Willie Willis a few games last year. He was horrible. He was horrible. I mean, there was nothing positive, nothing to take out of it. Okay, if Ryan Denell's healthy, fine. I can understand that. He's, he's still been a solid quarterback in this league. But he's, what? Yes, start Will Levis. It's not even a question. Just stick with it, man. Just don't over, don't outthink yourself. I also want to say, if the Jets, you know, can stick around and Aaron Rodgers somehow comes back, we might have Super Bowl contender on our hands. <laughs> Dolphin noises and ayahuasca heal that ace that Achilles in two weeks. Right? That's right. Like that. <laughs> I know I have Jets fans saying this, but like I I I would love to, but like it's it's not physically possible. There's no way. I believe it when I see it. Like Agreed. obviously it'll look great when he, if he's taking dropbacks, and he's, but it's not physically possible. The fastest we've ever seen it was four months. Cam Akers, and he was a running back and. It was like, it, he did not look the same. It did not look good. But those are our big takeaways from week eight. And it was very exciting that we had like two or three <laughs> that overlapped because, you know, we surround ourselves with the, with each other and we all think the same thing. No, we, we, <laughs> we all uh, came to similar conclusions, which was very exciting and very cool to see. So please give us a follow, listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Music, watch us on YouTube, and come back and check in with us in week nine to hear our big takeaways from that. Mo what I expect is also going to be an awesome week of football. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.